stepped out the front door this morning and I was like, oh my God, it's absolutely beautiful out here today. And, and you know, I just, when your, when your perception changes and you begin to see beauty in the simplest form and the simplest thing, it changes your day and how it starts off. When you look for beauty, you're going to find beauty. Even when you look in the mirror, when you're looking for beauty in the mirror, you're going to find beauty. That was for somebody, somebody right now. Shima. When you look for beauty, you're going to find beauty. We just thank you, God. Yes, Lord. I just feel the love of the Father so strong right now that's in here. And I just, I have a lot to share, but I just want to be obedient to release whatever he says to release. Because we make these awesome plans, right? Then he comes and like does something totally different. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with whatever changes we need to make or flowing with the Spirit of God is so much more fun because then you get in like to all these other areas on a journey with Him. And then you're like, wow, that's so cool. That's so awesome to be on this journey with Jesus. And it brings change into your life. This morning, somebody brought me and showed me this little gift, and it totally wrecked me. And so before I even came up this morning, I'm very transparent when I minister. And it was this little bitty Bible that had a little lock on it. And my mom, when she was alive, we had bought some, and she was like this kid. Like I had given her some candy. And she got so excited when I bought her this little Bible. I haven't seen one since my kids were little. Was the last time I saw little Bibles. And you put them, they're keychains. And you put them on your keys. And you can carry it around with you, the Word of God, wherever you go. And so somebody gave me one this morning. And it totally wrecked me. Because it was just a sign from God even though I don't have my mom here anymore and the circumstances of missing her are hard sometimes, but I know those were kisses of heaven to let me know, hey, your mom is still there with you. Even though she's not there in the natural, this is my kiss from me, from Jesus saying, hey, she's still there with you. And when I saw that thing, it totally messed me up in my spirit because I knew it was from the Lord because I hadn't seen one since my kids were like little bitty boys. And I just got so touched by Jesus. And I was like, that song we were singing, he's a good, good father. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we get so caught up in the bad things and our perception of what's bad and what's good when everything is supposed to be good in our lives. Even when, and even when we don't understand certain situations, they're still good. This situation with my mom, I didn't understand it. We prayed for healing. We prayed. I didn't understand it. But the Lord began to tell me this morning. He's like, even in that situation, I was there in that situation. And I'm still a good, good father no matter what. No matter when the trials and the tribulations come, he's still a good, good father. His character and nature never changes ever. 
And when our perception is turned to that, that no matter what, he's a good, good father, and he turns things around for our good, that's what we have to see. And not be so fixed on on the circumstance or the situation or horrible something can be sometimes, but to know he's good all the time in every single situation. That's not even my message this morning, (laughs) this afternoon. (laughs) I've been having uh, these dreams for like, I guess, uh, a week ago, I was having these dreams. Four nights in a row, I had this dream. And I really believe it was, it was for now, for this gathering. And I kept having a dream where I was abandoned. And like somebody had dropped me off somewhere. And it was pitch black dark in this place. And every night that I dreamt it, I was in another different place. I was in another area. Every time they would drop me off, I was somewhere different. And then all of a sudden, I felt abandonment. All of a sudden, I felt abandoned. I felt like somebody, I felt rejection. And I felt like all these ugly things that the enemy wants us to feel at times of our lives. And in my dream, I'm like, I began to pray in my dream. And I said, God, I said, I don't understand why they rejected me. I don't understand why they abandoned me. I don't understand why this situation even occurred. I don't get it. Like, I love these people. I'm telling you this because, look, some of you have been going through some of this stuff. And it's important that in this process, when I started feeling and experiencing this situation, I cried out to God, like what we were talking about last night. And in that moment of crying out to God, I began to, uh, I began to ask the Lord, I said, I said, how do I find my way out of this dark, dark place? I said, how do I find my way back to the path, back to the place where I'm supposed to be? And he says, look in your pocket. And so I put my hand in my pockets. I recently took a trip to West Virginia, and they had given me this, uh, the church there had given us some little bitty flashlights, you know, those keychain flashlights that they're super, super tiny. And so I had one of those in the natural, and in my dream, the Lord says, pull out your little bitty flashlight and begin to um, use it to find your way. And I said, God, but it's so super tiny, this little bitty flashlight, like how in the world am I going to have this little bitty light? It's so pitch black where I'm at. I can't find my way. And sometimes we get into those situations. I'm not talking about black, like backsledding. I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about sometimes you get in this dark situation and you're trying to find your way through being a believer. And you're like, what? Believers go through this? Yeah, they do go through this. Because the enemy tries so hard to keep us in that dark place, in that dark area. And we're trying to find our way sometimes through that darkness into the light. And you don't have to be doing anything wrong. That's what religion does. 
Religion makes you feel like, oh, you've done something wrong or you've made a mistake in some way. And really, God's trying to teach you something in that situation. So what happened was, is that I pulled out this little bitty flashlight and I began to hear the Lord's voice. And I think that was key in the whole situation. I began to hear the Lord's voice and as I pulled out my flashlight, it was a little bitty light, but the voice of the Lord is what was calling me in. It was his voice that was, I could hear it like, like almost like a speaker was near my ear. And I could begin to hear his voice. And he began to talk to me and guide me through this darkness. And he became my compass. He became my direction. He beca became the one that I was being led by and not, not by the natural things because in the natural, I couldn't see anything. But by faith, I listened to his voice. And I began to get my little flashlight out and I was just like listening to his voice and he kept leading me. And he says, come over here, take a left, take a right, come closer this way. Yeah, you're doing great. And all along the way, he's like encouraging me. And he's like, it's okay, you're doing a great job. Just keep listening to me. Just keep following me. I'm going to get you out of this dark, dark place. And I'm going to take you where you're supposed to be. And, I, and, and my mind went from the abandonment and the rejection that I first felt when somebody dropped me off in this dark place. And it went from that to understanding that God was trying to teach me something. It went to that place where I was like, had to be key to his voice. And he was training me. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just seeing this right now. You know, the police officers and the, the firefighters and all these people go through strenuous, the military go through this strenuous training. And they, they put them in bad situations, like the Navy will throw you out in the middle of the ocean and it's pitch black at like 3 a.m. in the morning and you have to find your way back to whatever direction you're supposed to go. But yet we think in the things of God, it doesn't work that way. He's trying to teach us and he's trying to train us to hear his voice that when he speaks, First of all, we recognize that it's him and not the enemy because you can easily be deceived. If you were to see that in the natural, man, I'm in this dark place, fear comes in, doubt comes in, and your faith walks out the door. But when you hear his voice and it shuts down everything else of darkness around you, then that's what you cling to. So even though in the natural there was darkness, I had to make a choice. Man, this is, not, this is not my real world. This is not what I'm supposed to live in. So I'm going to listen to your voice, which is supposed to be greater than anything else, to help guide me, to put me back where I'm supposed to be in his, with a little bitty light. And he began to say that that little bitty light represented the light that we have inside of us. And he also told me this. He said, I didn't, he said, they didn't abandon you. They didn't reject you. You were set apart. And I began to look at it differently. And I was like, 
I was set apart. And he's like, yeah. He's like, because in, the, in one of the dreams, it was my family that had dropped me off somewhere. And what happened was on one of the nights that I had this dream, I was driving with my sisters in the vehicle. And all of a sudden, my ministry jacket, one of the jackets I used to minister in, flew out the window. And I remember telling my sisters, I said, let me get down and get my jacket because it's important that I go get my jacket. It means a lot to me. And my sisters, they pulled over. I got out of the car to get my jacket and they left me. When you experience those situations with people that you really love, that's the first thing that hits you. I've been abandoned. I've been rejected. They don't want me. They don't love me. Man, I dealt with that for a lot of my life, that orphan spirit. And what we think and what we create in our minds that's real is not even real half the time. We create these thoughts that don't even come close to how people feel about us sometimes, how people love us sometimes. And we create this assumption in our mind that immediately we are programmed to think bad about a situation and not see the good in it. We have to reprogram ourselves. So even though abandonment and rejection was the first thing I felt, God's like, no, I've set you apart. Sometimes things happen in our lives and we don't understand it and we don't get it. And immediately our mindset, the way we think, goes to thinking bad. And we think, man, this is a bad thing. And sometimes it's God's hand intervening and what looks bad to you is really a sign of protection. It's something good for you. But your perception of it is something bad. And so I'm going through this. And the Lord began to tell me about that. And I began to pray to the Lord. And I said, what does this set apart mean? Like, what do you, what do you mean set apart? Go to Romans 1.1. 1, 1, and we're going to read one, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 32. I want to read this to you. It says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. And you're like, well, why am I set apart? For the gospel of God. That's why you're set apart. That's why you can't go do everything other people do sometimes. Even though you want to in your flesh, like, I want to go do this and I want to go do that. And God's like, no, I've set you apart for the gospel that I have for you in your life. This was, this was spoken over Paul. And then it says, which he promised. There's the promises again that we were talking about last night out of Psalms. He says, but he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. What? There was prophecy about Paul being set apart. There were spoken words and promises over Paul about him being set apart for the gospel of God. If anybody knows who Paul was in the beginning, it looked pretty dark, didn't it? It looked like, man, this guy is lost. He is a mess. He has like, he is like way far from Jesus. He was killing believers. That's our perception, right? Even when we look at people, that can be our perception sometimes when we see them living a bad life. 
our perception of them sometimes can be of darkness. But that's not the way God sees things. So then he says, then it goes on and it says, Concerning his son, who was descended from David. Aren't you descended from David? Last I checked, you were, weren't you? According to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power, not in weakness, but in power, according to the spirit of holiness. We were singing about holy, 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 how he's a good father this morning. And it says, it says, according to the spirit of holiness, by, by what? By his resurrection. That's where the power was, by the resurrection. From the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace. What gets us through? His grace. His grace is what doesn't allow us to stay in the dark place, in the darkness. And then it says, an apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. It was never about Paul's sake or one person's sake. It was for the sake of the nations that God called Paul out to be set apart, to be this mighty man that God had spoken over him previously in prophetic words on his life of promises. They were words that he didn't even know about yet. There were things he didn't even know about himself yet, but Christ Jesus knew about those words, and the prophets talked about it. And we come in here, and we get these words of prophecy sometimes, and we're like, oh, it's another word. Yeah, I've heard that about three times. You know why God tells you the same word over and over again? Because you, it hasn't been fulfilled yet. And sometimes you need to start agreeing with your prophetic words to begin to fulfill those prophetic words. You're like, God, I've heard that like 10 million times. Well, God's trying to tell you something. He's trying to wake you up. He's trying to say, I am not a liar. I, those, that's part of my promise over your life. I've set you apart because that's going to come to flourishing. It's going to be in power through my resurrection power, and you're, it's going to happen. And then here we go, like, oh, I've heard that already 10 times. Well, he keeps telling you because you haven't fulfilled it yet. Sometimes you have to agree with your prophetic words so God can come and help fulfill them. I remember when I was young in the Lord and I would get these prophetic words. And I was like, <clears throat> we were talking about this the other day. I don't remember who I was talking to. I was talking about like an old writer when I was a kid called Amelia Bedelia. And I don't know how many of y'all remember Amelia Bedelia. But she would take things literal. Like if you told her to hit the road in the books, and I don't even know why I'm sharing this, but I believe it's the Lord. She would literally go get a stick and hit the road. That was me. If God spoke a prophetic word over me, that was me. He's like, you're just going to, like, he would just speak these prophetic words. And guess what I did? I went and I did it in the natural. And he was like, I'm just going to cause the devil to run out of your house. And I would go open my door. <laughs> And I was like, okay, devil, run out of my house, you know? And I would do things literally because I knew by faith, if I did it in the natural, in the spirit, God was going to come in agreement with that, with that silly act. 
with looking silly in the natural, and he was going to run with it. He was going to do something with that. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, Jesus, I was like, you're so awesome that way. That even when we don't have the fullness or the full understanding of things, even in our silly, foolish things we do, God is still going to come and agree with that very thing and run with it. The part that really got me in these dreams I was having was his light. He kept talking to me over and over again about the light. When I was a young girl and I tried to take my life at age 15, I discovered the power of the light. That light came in and I didn't even know who Jesus was and it totally wrecked me. Because the way I thought of myself, the way I saw myself, wasn't the way he saw, my, the way he saw me. And his light came in so powerfully the day that I tried to take my life that that light consumed me. That light came in. I wasn't even saved. Some of the religious people will stand there and they'll say, well, you, if you're not saved, you can't experience Christ. You can't have an encounter with Christ if you're not saved. That's a lie. Because I was in that very dark place in my life and all of a sudden, the light of the Lord showed up that day, and I didn't even know what it was. I just knew within me that it was something good. Why? Because he's a good, good father. I know that now, but back then I didn't understand it. And he showed up in this crazy amount of light. And I was in this dark, dark place. And his light all of a sudden just shows up out of nowhere and wrecks me and changes my life out of nowhere. I didn't even expect it. So his light is very, very important. Let me tell you what he says about that. In John 1.5, he talks about this. And he says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Isn't that so good? The darkness cannot overcome the light. So I don't care how much of a darkness you get yourself caught up in, that light that sits inside of you, that Jesus put inside of you, that darkness can, over, can never, ever, ever overcome that very light that sits inside of you. Then he goes on in 1 John 1.7. And it says, but if we walk in the light, this is my dream again, walking with that little bitty flashlight in the light. As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from our sin. We are to walk in the light like he walked in the light. That's the power right there. Matthew says, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Matthew 5, 16. So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's why the light's there. Ephesians, and 5, Ephesians 5, 8 says this. For at one time you were in darkness. But now you're in the light of the Lord, so walk 
as children of the light. Why do we choose to stay in the dark place? He doesn't want us there. We have to choose and make a choice to walk in the light with him. The end of my dream was always that I, I ended up following his voice with this little bitty flashlight and God began to give me direction. Some of you are in here, you're needing direction. You're needing some, some kind of decision making you have to do in your life. Maybe you're in the middle of transition and you're like, God, I need you to show up. I need you to come in this dark place that I'm in. And don't think, oh, it's the devil. I need to be delivered. Oh, I'm going to cast this thing out. No, sometimes the darkness comes so you can cling to his voice. By faith that you will begin to hear his voice again and have this hunger inside of you with that light that lies there. And at the end of the dream, what happened was the Lord began to take me back to where my family was. And when I got there, there was a celebration going on. And in that celebration, I began to see the heavens begin to break open and come down. So your perception of your darkness, of those dark places you get yourself in, you can't allow yourself to get consumed with that darkness. That that darkness has more power than the light. Because it said in that scripture I just read to you that the darkness can never overcome the light. That's power because of his resurrection. So some of you guys, we're talking about eagles arising, guys. Some of you, God's voice is trying to come in and speak to you. But you can't get consumed by the darkness. You have to sit there and say, God... Send me your light, God. Even if it's just a little bit of light that you send me, I can find my way where I'm supposed to be, where I'm supposed to go. Even in transition, when you pray that, he's going to give you the direction that you've been asking him for. It's not time for us to be grounded anymore. It's not time for us to waste time anymore on silly crazy thoughts anymore of assumptions that nobody loves us, that nobody cares for us, that we're this broken bride, that we're just, oh, they just rejected me. They just abandoned me. He has set you apart for such a time as this. He has set you apart. You're not going to look like everybody else. You're not going to talk like everybody else. I remember one day I was watching this movie I think it was Superman. And he's sitting there on the side of his son's bed. And he's telling his son, getting him prepared of what to expect when he grows up. And he says, look, you're different. You're not like everybody else. People aren't going to like the things that you're going to grow up and do. People are not going to come and agree with everything you choose to do. But let me tell you, and then he starts telling him about the power of where they're from. And I was like, Jesus, that's the way you are with us. We're not going to have everything picture perfect, but you're going to be there for us to pull us out of things, to move us out of the dark places that, that we're going to go through some things, but he hasn't left us. 
You're an eagle, and it's time for you to arise. It's time for you to take flight. If anything, ask God for understanding. Tell him, God, give me understanding on this situation. And I promise you, he will. He will give you that understanding that you've been waiting for, that you've been needing over that situation. So you won't stay in abandonment. You won't stay with rejection anymore in your life. Because it can control you if you allow it to. But there's a light calling you by his voice. He's calling you out of the wilderness. He's calling you out of the dark places. And he's saying, you're an eagle, rise up. You're an eagle, rise up. Spread your wings. Let me heal you. Let me come in and take away the pain. Let me come in and take away the abandonment. Let me come in and take away the rejection. That you can have your breakthrough and the light of God will show up on your behalf and totally show you a whole different thing. Isn't it true that when the light, when you turn on the lights, even in your home, that you begin to see everything more clearly? Because if you try to walk in your home in the dark, you'll stumble over things. You'll even hurt yourself and run into things. But when the light is cranked on, it changes everything. You can see things better. You can function better to know that things are in the proper areas where they're supposed to be. If something is out of place, guess what? You pick it up and put it in its proper place. So some of us need to crank on our lights this morning. And it's as easy as flipping on something. I want us to stand for a moment because I have this song that I want you to hear. And I normally don't do songs, but the Lord spoke to me and the Lord began to tell me that with this song, he was going to bring breakthrough. I was listening to it in my truck the other day and man, I just went somewhere with Jesus. And I know it's going to do the same for you this afternoon. I know that you are going to be so in love with him that that switch, that one thing you've been missing, something's going to happen to you this afternoon, and it's going to click on. It's going to crank up, and something is going to come alive inside of you that's been dead. Why? Because of his resurrection power that those things that have been dead before, they're going to come alive because the light is going to hit it of the Lord and it's going to awaken some things inside of you. We have service again tonight at 7. Please come bring your friends, invite people. Tina Baker is here with us. She's a good friend of ours and we love her and she's like this power bomb. So come tonight and join us at 7. But if you need prayer this afternoon, we're going to be up here, me and my team, and we're going to be here for prayer. If there's healing you need, if there's anything you need, we want to be available to pray with you. But I really feel this is about you and Jesus this afternoon. It has nothing to do with us. God's going to give you the breakthrough this afternoon. Thank you, Father. I just want to share something real quick. The Lord's really been highlighting to me during worship and... Uh, I was talking to Pete yesterday, and what I seen yesterday was this. As they were doing worship, I seen like streams of water just coming forth from the top of the altar, coming down. And it was like cold, fresh water. And then today, the same time during worship, I seen like, like fireworks, like a celebration coming forth. 
And in Revelation 22, uh, 1, it says this, Then he showed me a river of water, of the water of life, clear as crystal coming from the throne room of God. And then, I'm with, and then John 7, 30, it says this, He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. You know, and I believe yesterday what it was, it was that, that refreshing coming in, that those that connect, and see in John, it says, it says, those who believe in me, that means to trust and to cling to the very essence of who God is. As we become one with God, then from that same atmosphere will begin to flow from us that river of living water tonight. But also, I believe God is saying that today is going to begin, going to be the day of celebration for you. That those things, that we're going to begin to let go of those things and we're going to begin to celebrate because we've connected with the source, the rivers of living water. As we connect with him, there will no longer be of, of drought, but of fresh water, a fresh renewing and awakening of who God is and who God is in us. And we're going to celebrate because of that. And that whatever was holding us down before, whatever was had us bound, we're free from that. And today we celebrate, you know what, that we are free. We are connected to the fresh waters of God. Amen.